and welcome to Bin It or Binge It, where we watch three episodes of a hot topic TV series and decide whether to ultimately bin it off or binge the rest of the series, just so you don't have to. I'm your host, Emily Brewster, and I'm here with my co-host, Simon Harkness. Hello. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I feel like it's been a very long time since we've spoken. What have you been up to? Oh, man. Yeah, the reason why it's been a long time is because we've both been incredibly busy, haven't we? Um, we have. Yeah. Do you want to Do you want to go first? Because it's been quite an exciting couple of weeks. I mean, I don't want to name drop, but seeing as you asked, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been hanging out with Jude Law and Eddie Redmayne, which was pretty cool, uh, for the launch of the new Fantastic Beasts, which was just amazing to talk to them. They were genuinely two of the nicest people that I've ever met. Aww. And Jude Law, he's more rugged than I remember back in back in the holiday days. Uh, but yeah, he was still pretty gorgeous, I have to say. He's, he's aging well, isn't he? He really oh, suits the beard. Like a fine wine. So on the same day uh, when we went to the Harry Potter studio tour, um, whilst you were uh, interviewing Eddie and Jude, um, I was hosting a potions class, cocktail class with... The rest of the cast of Fantastic Beasts. Um, As you do. So Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very odd day. Very surreal day. Um, proudly repping the Hufflepuffs <laughs> on here, though. Uh, I was the potions master. Uh, I had a wand, I had a robe, uh, and had the rest of the cast of Fantastic Beasts. And it was so, so much fun. Uh, probably the biggest one we've ever done um, in terms of like the concept. I've no idea how we got it approved. No idea how we managed to make it work. <laughs> But it did, and it's doing really well. Um, yeah, and everyone was so lovely. It's always a weird one, isn't it? Because when people say, like, oh, what did you, like, if your family say, oh, how's work been this week? And you're like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been, been all right. Spoke to Jude Law. <laughs> like, what? But yeah, it's, it, you, can't, you can't bring it up. I never bring it up because I just don't want to sound like mm. a dick. But when people bring it up, you, you then, people are obviously really interested in it. And so you want to, like, tell as many stories as possible, but you also don't want to sound... Like you're like bragging a dick. all the time. At least for me, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like a braggy dick. <laughs> well, I love it. But today we're actually going to be discussing Anatomy of a Scandal. So it's a part courtroom drama, part domestic thriller and part revenge story. Make what you will of that. But it's about James and Sophie Whitehouse who are living in a pretty privileged life, it's fair to say. A Minister of Parliament, James's trajectory appears without limits until, this is until and a big one, his scandalous affair with a young staffer comes to light. So he's later accused of sexually assaulting the staffer. So it all develops into a trial which then threatens to tear his career, his family life and Westminster itself apart. You're not telling me just to tell me to unburden yourself. Did you know about the story behind the series, Si? No, I didn't. There's a, there's a story behind the series? It's the story itself isn't true, if that makes sense. But it's based... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> so it's let me make sense of this. <laughs> Hear me out. It's okay. actually based on a novel by Sarah Vaughan. And she was... Uh, she used to cover the British sex scandals as a courtroom reporter... So, wow. although this specific story isn't real life, it's basically picked from a load of different cases and it's not that far from reality if you read the newspapers recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, I mean, how long have we got? <laughs> and yeah. how far do we want to go into this? Um, 
It's not like a previous prime minister was part of the Bullingdon Club who did something to a pig. As I sometimes say to my children under vastly less serious circumstances, not okay. So one thing um, I was I was really interested in with the with the show is like it it paints them as having quite a quite a perfect life and a perfect lifestyle, even though for me being a politician would probably be the, the complete opposite of a perfect life. Um, mm. But they're painting this portrait of oh this perfect family with their perfect kids who are also really annoying. No one wants annoying kids like that when they grow up. They're like they're too polite. Do you know what I mean? They're like not real kids. They're like yeah, just cover them in a bit of kids. mud or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of them's wearing a tie. He's like six. Take that tie off. Um. Anyway, they're painting this picture of a perfect life, and yeah, got me wondering: is it? Is it a perfect life? Like, is that your? What's your definition of a perfect life? The way they're trying to paint it, right? It's a very privileged life. I think that's maybe a better way to describe it rather than perfect because as yeah. we know turns out it's not so perfect <laughs> but um they've got a nice big house they've got a, an attractive wife that keeps herself well they've got the husband which goes off and earns loads of money and a bit of a dick um <laughs> and they had this romantic love story of meeting at oxford and although they met whilst there was anal chugging going on in the background, but we won't go into that. That's probably the only love story that starts that way. Um, <laughs> but I get what they're trying to do. And I think they portray that well in terms of this picturesque, privileged lifestyle. But like I say, as we know, it ain't so privileged after all. Yeah, it's difficult to call your life perfect when you're in, like wrapped up in the, uh, in the accusations that he's wrapped up in. Um... Yeah, I, I think I think it's probably like fair to say it does look a bit picturesque, uh, doesn't it? I just I thought ever since they were like showing like flashbacks to him at Oxford, I just thought you're highly unlikable. I do not mm. like you, even Oxford. And he's supposed to they keep on calling him like an Adonis, don't they? Hope I think what they're trying to portray is that he's changed from that, or at least he's trying to change from his past. But yeah. We'll let that be determined whether he actually has or not. What did you think of the family having, oh, gives me the shudders, a, a, a catchphrase? Oh, God, what was it? Like, white, white House always wins or something. A White House always comes out on top. That was it, yeah. Like, whilst they're playing Monopoly. Was it like when they're playing mm. Monopoly? Like, families who have, like, a motto, it's usually in Latin, and, like, yeah, it always translates to like them being the best. I'm just like, no, like, just chill. That's unbelievable pressure to put your kids under. Um, it's a bit cult-like, I feel. <laughs> it's a bit cult-like, yeah. <laughs> I can like picture them chanting it in a circle, if you know what I mean, at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. it's, a it's weird and I don't like it. I can think... Sorry to anyone listening that has a yeah. catchphrase. And uh, yeah, I just, I hate people like that. What, um, yeah. What would your family catchphrase be if you if you had to have one? Brewsters. I'm trying to think of an alliteration thing. Brewsters become better. I don't know. <laughs> Every generation, better. they just yeah, get better. Yeah, no, that's and a good one. Brewsters become better. <laughs> yeah, I like that. What would yours be? Lift, I know you've thought love, about this. Love. No, um, it would be <laughs> just plastered everywhere. <laughs> um, 
Harkness after darkness. I don't know. That sounds that sounds very <laughs> sinister, doesn't it? Uh, <sighs> Harkness isn't a good one to rhyme much with, unless you want it to be quite morbid and sinister. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> I think maybe something along the lines of have a laugh and, and don't be horrible. Like just yeah, that's that quite was a good poetic. Motto. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> that was really, really good. That one. <laughs> I think Harkness After Darkness is a winner, personally. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving on swiftly from that one. <laughs> so we've both watched three episodes. I might have watched a few more, but we've watched at least three. Guilty. Would you bin it or binge it? I would. Binge it. Oh, God, that was intense. <laughs> I know. Did you like the, the dramatic pause? Yeah, the dramatic pause. <laughs> why? Well, um, Tell me why. I thought the first episode was brilliant. I was hooked on it pretty much straight away. Second episode, it kind of dropped a little bit, I would say, but it built it up perfectly for the third. Um, and third episode, by then, yeah, I was like, I was totally into it. I thought the, um, the sequence in the courtroom was really, really well done. Uh, Naomi Scott really came into her own in episode three. Um, and I've, I've only seen the first three episodes, um, but I'm really looking forward to, to seeing more of it. Definitely one of the best first three episodes of a series I've seen for a while. I really enjoyed it. That is a big statement. Yeah. How about you? <clears throat> Sorry, that wasn't... A... <laughs> I thought that was your pause. <laughs> Listen up, everyone. <laughs> Um, I might have gave it, given it away before when I said that I watched more than three, but I would binge it. <laughs> however. Okay. However, um, I thought, I don't think I was as gripped maybe by the sounds of how you were. were. I think I liked a lot of the stuff they were doing, like the, the, I liked what they were trying to do with the camera work and when people were getting pulled back in midair, like a gut punch moment. I just don't know if it worked for me. It made it a little bit hard to believe, if that makes any sense. Like I know, I know what they were trying to do and it was all metaphoric and things like that, but I don't know, it just put me off a little bit, but I did watch all of it. So in terms of a drama, that's pretty easy to watch. It has its moments of kind of like pulling you in and deciding which characters you like, because I think you immediately get drawn to Sienna Miller, right? As you generally would, to her character. But then you're kind of umming and ahhing of if she's completely innocent and whose side you want to be on. So I do, I do get it and I think it was easy to watch, but it's not an outright binge it. I know what you mean about the camera angles and stuff, by the way. Like it, with like the gut punch and like her falling to the ground and stuff, it kind of took you away from the story obviously yeah. you know what they were trying to like that was supposed to like represent um like oh no the floor has fallen from her world and so she is now falling towards the floor yeah cinema yeah uh, um I, like i said really enjoyed it um interested to know what you think about sienna miller and why you don't think she's necessarily in like innocent i don't understand how she maybe wouldn't have had her doubts knowing what he was like when he was younger Mm, Obviously, okay. you would never never assume that someone would sexually assault someone. But knowing his character, she obviously didn't think that he was the perfect husband. But then I guess I don't want to give it away because you haven't seen all of it. 
and I know we're only allowed to watch three. Typically, we we when we first started thinking about this podcast, we thought, yeah, the first three episodes would be good because if you don't, you should know by three episodes in whether you want to carry on binging this series. And typically, it sounds like there's a terrible twist that happens in the fourth episode. It's pretty ridiculous. It's okay. the only way I can describe it. You're probably, once you watch it, and for anyone watching now, if they go with our recommendation of binging it and they do watch it, they're going to be like, obviously, but there are some big issues with it. Wonderful. That's the only way I can say it without not giving too much away. Because the behaviour of entitled toffs is something the public no longer finds cute. I've weirdly been to court quite a few times. Uh, and Have you? It's pretty intense. Yeah, I got, you... I got called for jewelry, ser- jewelry, jewelry service when I was <laughs> you were eighteen. Jewelry. Yeah, eighteen. Um, Fuck yeah! Hell, as soon as mad. I could, it was really cool. I obviously can't talk about it, but um, yeah, yeah, I can't talk about the case. But it was. What happens on jury duty? Because I've I'm thirty and I've never been, and you were straight into it. When you're yeah, eighteen. I'm... 18's not old enough to decide on someone's fate. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, excuse me. I actually got put forward as the uh, foreman or forewoman, the person that like gives the verdict. And then I was like, actually, no, I don't want to do it. So um, what happens then? Someone else did it. But yeah, you obviously de- <laughs> obviously depends on the case. But you go in and it, there's just a lot of paperwork. It is pretty boring. And then you hear all the evidence. But what is funny... <laughs> Maybe this come across as not funny. If there's like text conversations that the solicitors have to read out, it is hilarious. <laughs> if there's you like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> text talks like G two G. See you in a see you in a bit. X O X. It's so funny. Hi M eight just killed someone. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a very long process. Obviously, depending on what the uh cases this is honestly blowing my mind so you're not allowed to talk about the case let's fuck talking about the series i want to hear about your time in court so you're not allowed to talk about the case are you allowed to say like what like a generic overview of what the case was like was it a murder was it a shoplift was it a car crash like i don't know but what are they gonna do it's not like this is being recorded uh (laughs) it it was an aggravated burglary oh okay yeah that's generic enough um wow that's amazing. It was pretty long though. I was in on my uh, birthday in deliberation. <laughs> so you're literally sat in a room with a group of people that you don't know all day, every day. And it's a lot. I bought a lottery ticket on my 18th birthday. That's how what? I, well, not how I remember <laughs> my 18th birthday, but like <laughs> that was a big event that happened on mine. That is mental. I'm so... It's pretty rare. My mum's yeah. very jealous and she's... <laughs> Not 80, obviously. She's, she's, she's older than that. She's never been called up for it. My dad's wow. been called like two or three times. I think you can say no after that, though. Like, You're so what? intrigued by this. <laughs> yeah. people, people are listening or watching thinking, oh, this is not what we came here for. <laughs> One final question. Okay, go. Guilty, not guilty. Are you allowed to say what the verdict was? Don't know, but we've come this far. Not guilty. Okay. And because there wasn't enough evidence. Wow. I don't know if, if I am not on this next podcast, then you know what's <laughs> happened to me. Someone's going to come knocking on my door. <laughs> I can't believe he said, yeah, no, it has to be um, guilty. 
what was it? Beyond reasonable doubt. Wow. So I imagine we're going to have to pixelate your face for the whole of yeah. this podcast. And change my voice <laughs> like this. Change my voice. We sort of collided and and then we kissed. Collided or, or moved together. The show is over, really. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? In summary, you don't have to do three words, but how would you sum it up? I'm going to give you three words, but they're okay. not my three words. Didn't so ask these, for it. <laughs> these three words, because I was watching it with my girlfriend, she gave me the best three-word summary ever. It was, typical fucking Tory, which really made me laugh. My, <laughs> my review is more of a very interesting, uh, very interesting take on Whitehall. Not surprising at all. Um, I'm pleased I'm only three episodes in and I'm worried that episode four is going to be the clincher where I think, nope, turning this off based on what we've discussed. But I would say first three episodes, very enjoyable. And I am looking forward to watching it again. How about you? Yeah, I mean, don't let me put you off it. (laughs) That's not what I'm here for. It kind of is if I said bin it. But just go in with an open mind. (laughs) <laughs> don't don't think about it too much, all right? Okay. I, but I feel like that's the same with a lot of these dramas, right? They're not going to be Oscar winning, but they're easy to watch. They're quite gripping at times. They've got a great lineup in this. So, yeah, I'm hoping people agree. If they listen to us, questionable. If they do listen to us and go and binge it, I think they will probably agree with a lot of what we've said. I think that brings us very nicely to the end. And I hope everyone watching, listening, whatever you're watching on, um, agrees with us. But if not, of course, let us know down in the comments. My uh, Speaking of comments, my favourite comment I've received in the last week was on the potions class. And it was from a lovely guy who said, Professor Simon is a loser, Hufflepuff, just like me. And I thought, didn't need to chuck in loser there, mate. You could have just said Hufflepuff. <laughs> but thank you thank you for commenting and boosting you our ranking t- on youtube <laughs> why have you not told me this before that is amazing i haven't seen that that is so good thanks for listening to bin it or binge it and we'll see you next time see ya mm-hmm.